Welcome to Prioritising Yourself, the podcast. I'm your host, Jen Parker. This podcast is to educate, inspire and inform women about the importance of prioritising your self-care to improve your body, mind and soul. Each week we will talk all things that affect and influence big-hearted women in life and also all the polarising topics that affect women. This podcast is proudly sponsored by my one-on-one three-month coaching program that moves women from feeling overwhelmed and compromising their values to become the master communicators of their internal and external environments. I would like to introduce today's guest, Liz Hoyt, that helps men and women break free from coercive control and give them the mindset tools to gain the strength to leave the abuse and start reclaiming back their power. Since recording this episode with Lise, I have read her book, Break Free. Break Free is about Lisa's experience and perspective living in an 18-year relationship of coercive control. I couldn't put this book down as I felt I was with Lise in each moment while she was sharing the psychological trauma that she lived through for almost two decades. Lise is a courageous, inspiring and beautiful woman that is using her story to create awareness about coercive control and how she created an inner power to leave the abusive relationship. She shares about the dream of being an academic since she'd been a small child, which was the start of her gaining confidence and strength and starting to question the relationship to leave. I highly recommend this book for anyone that wants to know more about this insidious and psychological abuse. Abuse takes many forms and the most common is coercive control. Please seek domestic and family violence support agencies in your country to create a safety plan to leave your abusive relationship. Guest, I just want to put a bit of a um, content trigger warning. This episode discusses domestic and family violence. So if anyone, any of the contact is triggering for you or you are experiencing domestic and family violence, please seek support. For resources, check out the show notes. So I am so excited to have today's guest speaker. We've got Lise all the way from the United Kingdom, who is an empowerment and coercive control life coach, and she helps men and women break free from coercive control. So welcome, Lise. Hello, Jennifer. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm like so, like so excited, but also just really humbled that um, that you kind of asked me on. So that means the world to me. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And this is what it's about. It's having people who, all people within the world to really normalise some topics that are maybe polarising for a lot of women as well. So the first thing before we get too heavy is how did you prioritise yourself this morning, Lise? Um, so this morning I woke up, I do my usual um, morning routine. So um, as soon as I get up before any kind of um, thoughts of the day before uh, creep in, um, I say my positive affirmations um, for the day. I drink a large glass of water. Um, and after that, I listened to, I actually listened a lot to um, Abraham Hicks. Um, and I also um, listened to a lot of Wayne Dyer. So probably about sort of 
you know, sort of 15, 20 minutes of that. Um, I then kind of shower myself and, and make sure that my breakfast is colourful, it's kind of fruits and, you know, veg as well. Um, and then I just kind of, you know, write a list of, um, it might be sometimes I might do it in the evening um, or it might be in the morning. I just write a list of things um, or goals that I'd like to achieve um, within the day and um, and then I just kind of make that my uh, make that my focus and, and my priority um, and and yeah that's kind of how I start off um, each morning yeah yeah oh that sounds beautiful and I love how you you do the words of affirmation you've you're listening to people that inspire and motivate you because sometimes we can be listening to people that are not very inspiring and that can really affect our whole outlook hey yeah absolutely and I think as well for me I mean you know many many years ago I, I used to kind of you know part of my morning routine was to kind of you know get up and and and, and put the news straight on the television um and I kind of you know now I kind of check in with how I'm actually feeling moment by moment and realize that actually you know putting on something like the news doesn't necessarily serve me so it's about kind of having that awareness of what makes us feel good at that point in time you know Yes, I love that. And I love how you work out also your focus and what you actually want to focus on that day. I think that's really important. Else the day sort of just has a way of getting away and then we can feel really unmotivated and almost directionless. So I really love how you've, um, you've said that. That's really beautiful. Um, so would you be able to introduce um, yourself and about your business? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, so my name's um, Liz Hoy. Um, I'm from the UK and I'm a, a life coach, a certified speaker um, and a, um, yeah, sorry, life coach, certified speaker and uh, um, an author. So my first book um, will be available hopefully at the um, beginning of August uh, this year. Um, and um, so I kind of support um, mainly women, but uh, men as well to break free from coercive control and relationships. Um, and within that, it's kind of working on mindsets um, and changing our um, programs that we've had of the past um, that impact on our behavior and how we feel about ourselves. Um, moving forward um, and just trying to build on that confidence so um, you know we as human beings can can start to feel worthy and within worthiness we begin to make choices and decisions that serve us within our lives so um, and yeah I mean it's only been really recent that I managed to get my um, certified speaker status but it was specifically for the reason to be able to spread awareness of um, coercive control um, not just locally but globally um, in order to make positive changes um, for the future in terms of um, how empowered we can um, we can be once we've made certain decisions in our life. Um, and, and, and yeah, so that's kind of what where I'm at at the moment and just hope to be able to just keep that vision going and keep doing things like this, keep spreading awareness, um, not necessarily in terms of, 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 of in a negative light, but just accepting where things are um, and, and actually saying, do you know what, what can I do for me? How can I show up for the world? Yeah, I love that. And for those who don't really understand what coercive control is, would you be able to give your interpretation, please? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's, there's kind of so much out there, but yeah, like you say, it's, it's, it's right. This is my interpretation. And, and what I would say is it's, um, it's like a behavioural strategy or regime um, brought in to create codependency, um, to entrap, 
dominate control and or oppress over time um usually within a um you know an intimate personal relationship yeah yeah absolutely and i think with um a lot of people really have such little awareness about coercive control they think that domestic violence is only about being physically abusive but what um so much research is showing that it can start off where it can be quite coercive and it can be where like you said that the um the other one of the you know the perpetrator so to speak is yeah you know threats to hurt that other person or you know how they're dominating that person or they are sort of trying to control them so um, yeah yeah and in my work when I did social work a lot mm-hmm. of the time it would be controlling their finances or controlling or ringing them up all the time you know so sometimes you know or tracking them and things like that and you know and and then there's also like gaslighting and all of these different things and it can really affect someone's self-esteem so yeah no you're yeah you're absolutely right Jennifer and even just then you've just kind of mentioned you know some some really important um signs of um coercive control and and I think sometimes when we are aware of the signs like some of the ones you've just mentioned um we've got a better idea of how we can kind of look at where we are in the relationship um because like you said you know I I personally think within the UK defining um, coercive control within itself is problematic but um in terms of you know like the signs of it if I I'll just sort of add on that if if if, if that's okay Jennifer because yeah, I think you started that so, started that so well and I think it kind of just you know kind of goes um goes alongside what you're saying and um in terms of things like monitoring somebody's activities um you know kind of leave it leaving the house and you know all of a sudden looking at your phone and you've got about 50 missed calls you know and kind of where are you you know what time are you coming home and it can also be like you were saying Jennifer with the financial control as well and financial control can can happen in in sort of many different ways um it could be um what some people like to kind of uh, sort of cover up as um you know budgeting um but actually it's kind of used as a way to deprive um people from you know having food and having the necessities um, in order for them to sort of live a fulfilled life. Um, you can also, um, what you were talking about as well, Jennifer, with the gaslighting and, and for, you know, for anybody who's not sort of aware of what gaslighting is, it's, you know, my interpretation of that is, and, and, and I've had, you know, experience of that is um, the distortion of reality. Um, and when you're faced with your, with your reality being distorted, you then start to question your own sanity um, and which for me was 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 really dangerous, but kind of I didn't really sort of trust myself or, or trust my own mind. Um, and obviously it was something that I had experienced but for 18 years. Um, you know, I can, you know, I definitely did sort of suffer with the with the mental health issues after that. Um, because if you could, if you can imagine trying to live your life and you know someone saying, well, I haven't been out, and it's like, well, yes, you have, or I, well, you've put that there, and I was like, have I put that there? Or you know, an important important item of yours goes missing, or your purse gets taken, you know, or your keys gets taken when you're trying to leave, and and things like that, and it, it just makes you feel um, like you kind of don't know where you're going. But equally, when somebody is so adamant <laughs> that you're not that you're not thinking straight you that it, it then further um helps you in, in in a sense to question your own sanity and for me in particular that was one of the most dangerous things um that I was going through 
um, but but more so because of how um, nobody else could see that. Um, so, you know, you kind of have the outside world and the external circumstances and, and people that come into your experience who um, who who are unaware of um, coercive control um, and, and they look in at your life and they and they see that, you know, you have this wonderful house and, you know, you've got beautiful children and, you know, they, you, your life appears to be um, wonderful. Um, it's these little strange things that you tend not to talk about because you feel that it, you're, you're worried about you know even saying to somebody I don't know my own mind anymore when everything else looks so sort of perfect in your life um and also things can be as well Jennifer just kind of that intimidation um harassment and and, and more importantly the threats of doing that um could be insults verbal abuse and again like we spoke about those kind of rules and regulations could be something as simple as you know on the outside or someone looking in you know you know it just looks like a normal me meal time um but i remember having to make sure that things were done at a certain time the temperature of the food had to be you know a certain um you know hotness um otherwise it would get thrown in the bin so you're kind of going through these other things behind closed doors um, where other people who are kind of looking in to see your life as, as this great life and, you know, not working and it's, oh, it's just, you know, you've got a really sort of good go at things, but actually on the on the inside and what you're living is very, very different to what other people can see and what's been portrayed as well. Mm, that's so true. And yeah. no one really knows what someone is going through. It's sort of like the, you know, the analogy of the iceberg, you know, and it's used to describe personalities and things like that, that it could be used as a way of actually, you're only seeing a small part of someone's life. Like sometimes on social media, people think, oh my God, they've got their, you know, their stuff together, they've got it all sorted. And behind closed doors, they are going through this internal turmoil because of what they are experiencing day in, day out of everything being questioned and this unhealthy relationship. And then it, I, you know, it would, I can imagine it would just affect your outlook and how you actually feel within who you are as a person. So how did you, when you were, you know, in that period of your life, how did, you know, what did you actually start doing to create change and to actually start, making those changes of your like mindset of of creating change to move and to get out of that situation yeah I think for me for me Jennifer the first thing that that I started to do was um I actually started to care about myself I actually started to um to actually care about the way that I felt moment by moment and once I I looked at that and I said to myself this is not how I want to feel um, I then started to make choices and decisions that would help me to not feel like that, if that makes sense. So it could have been something as simple as, you know, going to um, just just go into the shops and, you know, having a look around. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, maybe picking something up and, you know, and, and purchasing it or, or doing something that actually 
for anybody else may seem oh my god what just go into the shops but you know the backlash of what have you spent why have you spent that you know you're just being lazy make your own sandwich why would you buy a sandwich you know on the on on when when you actually go through that that those little things were just the things that helped me to go I'm going to make a decision to go to the shop and just buy a sandwich today and and but also be prepared for whatever's going to happen or whatever's going to be said that's a decision and a choice that I've made and actually um from um from making those really small decisions those really small changes um to my everyday life um once I started to build the momentum on that um things started to change because I was able to then see how certain behaviors were unreasonable um and then once I then began to do and more and more even though the force that came back of why are you doing that you're not to do that um, even I just kept pushing and I kept doing it because I wanted to feel better about how I was feeling inside. Um, and as I said, the more I kept doing that, the, uh, the more decisions that I made that became almost, you know, bigger, bigger decisions. So, ah, uh, you know, I'm going to do this master's now that I really wanted to do. And while the sabotage that happened in terms of me actually doing that master's, you know, my, the broadband and, you know, the electrics and things like that were cut off. Um, and, you know, my laptop would go missing and, you know, so all of these different things happened in order to prevent me from doing that. It was making that decision that I'm going to do it no matter what. Um, and then actually that was that was what really got the momentum going in terms of um, me making those decisions and, and, and ultimately changing my life and leaving that relationship. Yeah, yeah. amazing. And giving people <laughs> an awareness that just making those small changes because sometimes we we think we've got a I think people are really frightened of leaving a relationship of the because of the consequences and sometimes when people are leaving a coercive control relationship it um I, we were sort of having a chat prior to the recording and um when women all men but mainly um this occurs to women when it when mm -hmm. women make that decision to leave then the um physical violence can escalate during those times as yeah well. definitely yeah that's right so i think and you I know think... a lot you know a lot of women are uh you know a lot of women are sort of not sure sort of where to go so i think what we're trying to sort of say from your experience you had just started very it sounded like you were making some you know decisions about the sandwich you were wanting and you were because you were experiencing and feeling it was affecting you so much and it had taken absolute control that you wanted yes. to feel better you wanted to feel a different way because you couldn't keep doing this it sounded like you knew you couldn't keep doing being in this unhealthy relationship you wanted you had a an earning for something more yeah absolutely and it was it and 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 actually I, I you know it goes back for years and I always remember even as a young child I always wanted to um to study and do a master's and so um I actually did a um a speech at the world coaching leadership summit um on the 10th of May this year and and the actual topic of my talk was um a decision a decision can shift a paradigm um and it was about holding on 
to that childhood dream of always wanting to stand on stage, you know, with a scroll in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I think for me, um, in terms of my, um, you know, my transition was actually making that decision um, back in 2017 to actually um, begin to do a master's over, over two years. And I think that once I held on to that, it wasn't... Um, it wasn't a desire that I could say, oh, well, I'm just I'm just not going to bother with it. It was so strong. And, and you know, my kids were, were both at full time school. And so I was like, this is, you know, a perfect time for me now um, to to do this, um, to do this desire that I wanted to do as a child. And, and actually, that was when most of the cracks started to show within the relationship because I made that decision. But a lot of the decisions before I just never made them. You know, but for this one, it was a desire. I had to hold on to it. I needed to. I wanted that for me. Um, but equally, it was, you know, my thinking at the time was, why are you not supporting me with this decision? Why are you not supporting me with my desire? You know how much I want this. Um, and it was then you start to, I started to realise that the behaviours were unreasonable and, and not supportive. It wasn't, it wasn't healthy. Um, and and because of that, I was like, ah, this is this is this is me. This is me now, and I, and I'm going to hold on to this because there's nothing wrong in me wanting to educate myself. You know, there was there was there was nothing wrong with that, and there was for me no reason why you know the person that I loved didn't support me in that, um, which then kind of made me sort of you know push for it further that this is something that I want to do. Um, it would allow me to sort you know be out of the house, meet new people. Um, and obviously um, they had different ideas in terms of um, where they wanted me and what they wanted me to do at that time. Um, so, yeah, it was just like you say, Jennifer, it's just about sort of starting small, really. And then eventually just getting to the point of saying, you know, I just I I'm struggling to feel like this. And, and like you say, it does. You know, it can be um, those times when you do make that decision to sort of break free where things can be um you know can turn into that sort of physical violence and there'd be there'd been physical altercations between us throughout the relationship but there was never I never had that that fear of um you know I'm you know I'm going to be I'm going to be beaten up because it you know or hit or um or physically assaulted because the relationship really apart from you know probably I can count on you know two hands those altercations that happened um you know for me coercive control it's it wasn't about you know, the typical way in which we define that, um, you know, the kind of domestic violence as such. It's 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 almost like a, it's such a, a more difficult, complicated, um, more manipulative way of um, controlling somebody, which makes it so hard to um, spot the signs, as, um, especially as things are currently, um, you know, now with, with things, you know, in the law in the UK, um, so it is about, you know, trying to build on yourself to feel worthy enough to make those decisions, um, which is, you know, it is one of the hardest things to do um, because you live in it and you're in it and you're breathing it and you're thinking it. Um, but once we do get to a stage, you know, we can, you know, with, with the right support, um, which comes from, you know, it comes from the inside out. Um, we, you know, we, we can do it. And the more we hear from people who have who have been survivors who have got through it it helps to empower us um, to be able to start just even little bit by little bit to make those decisions to change our lives absolutely absolutely and I love how you had this vision as a young girl of standing on stage with your scroll 
and you're always wanting to do that. And that is where you started getting the confidence by making your own decisions and you did that and that's when you started to see, you know, something wasn't right and, you know, in a loving relationship, it, you know, a lot of the time we, uh, we sometimes hear about like uh, conditional love where there's conditions, I will love you if you do this, mm-hmm. I will love you if you do that, you know. But unconditional love is no matter what you do, I will support and love you because, you know, that's what we do when we're madly in love and we, um, you know, depending on the decisions, right, we might, you know, sometimes the partner <laughs> might be doing um, silly things or frustrate you, but that's completely yeah. different. I think it's really, I think you're bringing some light and some empowerment to women that, you know, change is possible and just hearing your story is just so, you know, comforting and so nice to hear how you have overcome and you have, you you know, you're helping other women and men as well. And I'd really like to know a little bit more about sort of how you, um, how your stuff, like what, how do you sort of help if people are sort of wanting to, depending on where people are in their their journey of of their relationship they might be sort of not even have an awareness sometimes people don't even know they're in that yeah. relationship because sometimes as an observer we can look at certain relationships of people yeah know and we can say how can they not see that person is a narcissist or how can they not see that they are toxic and they are actually feeding them all of these um uh propaganda and all of these different things how can they not see it so for people who you know maybe if you want to sort of tell the um the listeners of how um maybe if they are sort of really at the beginning stage of that journey what could be some things that they could do to start looking after their well-being to gain the confidence to start making decisions no matter what it is and then obviously seeking support and advice from depending on where you are in the world is I would strongly encourage you to speak to a domestic and family violence um, person who can um, give you an exit strategy and you're starting to plan but Lisa's um, going to be sort of talking from the perspective of you know how people can actually look after their well-being. Lise? Yeah, no, so yeah, thanks Jennifer. Um, so I mean what I would say is this is that we all we all have um, you know we all have an emotional um, guidance system and and actually that for me was really the first place that I started in terms of like tapping into how I actually felt but equally not ignoring it. I spent so many years feeling how I felt um, didn't really couldn't place it because again there was so much coming from the external world oh my god your life's amazing crikey you know when he takes the children away on holiday you know oh my partner wouldn't wouldn't cope when actually my children were taken away from me because of a punishment for doing my master's so it can be quite tricky because 
on the one hand you're looking you know you you kind of you know because of the gaslighting and, and stuff that's happened in terms of like the distortion of your reality so you kind of don't really know where your mind is <laughs> but then you're also faced with the other thing like what people are saying on the outside and and so what what worked for me is um and and obviously I'm still on my journey now but was to always pay attention moment by moment to how I was actually feeling and make and I made the decision to not ignore that anymore it almost became like a battle with myself, you know, that kind of hang on, I feel like this. And I just don't want to feel like this anymore. So what can I do for me? How can I show up for me? How can I care about myself? And I think you've mentioned it um, previously, Jennifer, in terms of like self care, um, not, you know, we're not talking about, you know, self care as in, you know, something that something else, an outside agency or something outside of you that can help you. We're talking about what you can do for yourself. And I started to listen to how I felt. And then I started to ask myself the question, how do I want to show up for my girls? How do I want them to, to view me as a person? How how do I want them to talk about me with their friends? And, and actually coming from that place of how I felt, what I was not prepared to keep doing and also looking at my children um, and how they would view me and how I wanted to show up to the world, the life that I was living and what I was doing wasn't acceptable anymore. Um, so, and it was from that point that then, you know, helped me to look at what is a healthy relationship. I didn't know what a healthy relationship was, clearly not, you know, because I had kind of been in one that, that wasn't serving me. Um, and it was about me just, just, you know, doing work on myself, not thinking about what he's doing, not thinking about what anyone else is doing. And, and you know what really helped me, Jennifer, I remember watching, um, 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 it was uh, something that um, Michael B. Beckwith um, was, was, was doing, um, I think it was through Mind Valley or something. And, um, and, and he said something and he said, if you can be in a room and love yourself when you're by yourself, you know, you, your life could be different. And I, and I took that on board and I looked and I thought, I can't do that. I can't be in a room. Do you know what I mean? And love myself when I'm by myself. I was too dependent on external circumstances um, and other people to make me feel good. So what I had to do was reframe that and switch that up and say to myself, this is an inside out job. But really my whole life, I was coming from the outside in, you know, um, and 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 for me, it, it, it just it just didn't work anymore. Um, and so back to your initial question, Jennifer, you know, it's it's kind of paying attention to how you feel. Um, but and, and, and just saying this doesn't feel right anymore. So what 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 can I do about it? Just little bit by little bit. What little step can I take um, in order to change my life? But equally have a vision. Um, I had a vision of wanting to be on stage, talking, crowds of people facing actually, which, which is my ultimate fear um, and kind of pushing myself to that limit. But, you know, being totally responsible and totally accountable for my vision. Um, what can I put in place today to move one step forward to my vision do you know what? It is hard, but if I can, if I can get there, if I can imagine, if I can, if I can see it as though it's already happened, that's that's going to be massive for me in, in terms of how I can change my life. And I also did work as well, you know, looking at what a healthy relationship is um, to educate myself on that. Um, um, and, and other things as well that helped me, Jennifer. And, you know, I 
don't know if it's similar for you um, where you're at, but um, the Freedom Programme um, that I did, um, which was, you know, sort of on domestic abuse. And, and I went through that programme and, and actually just as COVID hit, I was kind of coming to the end. I think we kind of finished up um, a little bit sooner, possibly just one session. But I just remember that really helping me. Um, but also another new realisation happened in terms of that was gone and that was finished. Now, what do I do? And that gave me even more empowerment to go, do you know what? This has helped, but this is the next stage now because I can't get back there. I can't use that again. And I literally stripped back everything and said, right, this is me. And that's when I created my affirmation. I've got me because no one else can and no one else will. Um, and that is one of my affirmations that I say every morning. So, yeah. Oh, powerful. Oh, that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And I love how the uh, the power of a visualisation. Yes. And how, and this can work in anything that people want to create in their life because sometimes we can focus so much of what isn't working. So if we are in an unhealthy relationship and we focus on it, because we're so entrenched, it's hard. Yes. And sometimes looking at, okay, well, what do I want? Or, you know, you know, what, you know, you had this visualization of being on stage. And even though you said, you know, that scares me <laughs> that for a reason, you were gifted that visualization. And then you just kept honoring it and going through that. And, um, yeah, it's such a powerful thing, visualizations, because it can really help with manifesting your reality. It can help with really getting clear about what you want to create and what you want to bring in. And I love how you were talking about um, that awareness of how you feel. And almost yeah. it sounds like, you know, um, almost like doing like a body scan what am I feeling yeah. and where, where do I feel it in my body? So I really think that, and they're really practical things because sometimes the small things, like sometimes people say, oh, that's really simple. You know, sometimes the simple things are often the most difficult. It's like, you know, if people did a lot of these things with changing our language and changed how we viewed our reality and our perception and all of that, it would be completely different. And I can tell you, they don't tell you a lot of that in a lot of the training. They don't tell you a lot of that. Yeah. that I think would be so beneficial. It would sort of help people. Yeah. Immensely. Yeah. 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 You're, you're absolutely right, Jennifer. And this is why I, this, this ultimately is what is why I, I, I wrote the book and there was always a, you know something inside of me and and something that you said as well Jennifer that's you know that's great is that you know with my vision and and I, and I believe this of, of all you know human beings if it's something that we want we wouldn't want it if it wasn't already ours um and I, you know and I you know and I yes and I've kind of got to that you know that's that's kind of where my belief is on that now um and and as I sort of you know I always you know say to myself that I spent so many years you know with jobs and that and saying oh well, I'm gonna I'm, I'm looking for my purpose what is my purpose in life and the truth of the matter is my purpose has always always been there this is my purpose but I just had to be aligned with it um, and, and I wasn't because I was I was I was attracting um, <clears throat> how I was feeling at that time within that relationship. 
Um, and although, you know, it's it was really hard for me to see that when I kind of came out of it and started to um, want to develop myself, it kind of, it, it does, it, it takes you into a, into a different space, um, into a different uh, level of consciousness, uh, a different level of awareness of who we truly are as human beings. And, and I think we all have our path. Um, it's just about kind of getting to that place where we can allow it and we can let it in. Um, and, and I know now I can look back and connect the dots. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing that. Um, and, and actually, you know, it's about being okay with that though, because we, I, you, I clearly wasn't ready for it then. Um, I, I wasn't personally developed enough then. Um, and, and I believe that I don't necessarily um, look back and um, have negativity or resentment for that relationship. I've reframed it and I see that relationship um, as my best expansion. Um, and, you know, and, and, and it's helped me to be aligned with my purpose. And just another point that you were talking about, Jennifer, in terms of, you know, the things that we say to each other. Um, you know, within my book, I, uh, there is a specific section in there um, where it, it is, and it's entitled The Power of the Spoken Word. Um, and the more we talk about what's not serving us, the more um, those things come back to us. Um, and I think that the more we can talk about the positive changes that we want to make, where we're going in our lives, how we see our, how we view and how we see our future makes a massive difference um in terms of how we live our lives and while I'm not sitting here saying that that's an easy process because it isn't and I still have days now where I'm going through my healing um but being hopeful is a great place to start with all of this yeah yeah absolutely and um can you just explain a little bit about your book where when it's coming out people can find it a little bit more about you know here's your we want to hear about this amazing book that you have written okay so um so basically yeah so um I I always wanted to write the book um in terms of so when I when I left um uh, my coercive control and relationship back in uh, October 2019 I always wanted to write a book now I didn't write the book then because you know and if I'm if I'm being honest I was I was too angry I was too resentful I was too hurt <laughs> at all of those kind of things that um, were going through my mind and so actually I you know waited well over a year um, before I wrote the book and I managed to because it was in my head how I wanted it to be my vision of it was was just there because I always had in my head in terms of the um, financial abuse that I had experienced I wanted to be able to reach out to people um, and spread awareness but equally um, write a self-help book um, so I could do you know what I mean offer my help and support but make it so pe all people could have you know have it easily accessible um with you know the price of a book so that was always my vision and it was just to actually just help one person if I could help one person not go through what I went through or at least be able to spot um and and have awareness of that then that was that would be the momentum started in the right direction um and so I specifically wanted to and the book is called Break Free and it's called um a um transformational journey and paradigm shift out of coercive control um, and the first sort of section, you know, of the book, it kind of it talks about my journey. It talks about, um, you know, the some of the pitfall pitfalls and obstacles and stuff that I kind of went through. Um, and and that part is 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 basically focused on the awareness of it. 
um, awareness of coercive control, um, how it can impact um, on your life, on, on other people's lives, um, but also at that point as well, the amount of um, help and support that you know friends can give when we feel that they can't give, when we feel that they, they're not necessarily going to understand. Um, and the second part of the book is basically focused on, um, you know, the, the tips and the, um, and the processes that I went through in order to begin to shift my paradigm um, and also conscious awareness of, you know, who, who we are as, as human beings and, um, in, and our power in, um, in creating our own lives. And, um, but the steps are, um, you know, very much it's basically what I did and what I do now every day. <laughs> um, and, you know, the things that, you know, little things that don't cost anything that you can you can start right here, right now. Um, and though they may be difficult, um, I urge patience um, in terms of the process um, because it's a healing process. And, and I believe that as human beings, we are we are never done. You know, we, we're always going to have that contrast come into our experience. So um, it's about reframing that, you know, what can we learn from it? Um, how can it benefit us? Um, and how can I show up to the world and serve others? So, um, and then that's kind of where the focus is on, on the second part of the book, um, almost a, a self-help book, I would say more so um, than anything else. But yeah, I specifically wanted to write that book um, because I wanted, you know, the majority of people started off as just one person to be able to just buy the book and, you know, kind of start here, here and now um, and, you know, make those little changes, make those little decisions and choices um, that can then start to build up that momentum. Because once you build the momentum in that direction, the feelings of being worthy, which I never had, I never felt worthy, I never felt empowered. Um, and I felt as though my power had been, you know, taken away from me. Um, but it was about living and, and, and still holding those beliefs from previous um, from that previous relationship that wasn't serving me and how I had to reframe, um, adapt and change that um, to what I wanted and just talk lots about that <laughs> more so than the other thing. Um, yeah. and, 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 and kind of, you know, just those, I mean, we can all do that. We can all not talk about what's going on. And I know that, you know, as a society, we are conditioned to you know talk about your situation and 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 actually I kind of withdrew a while from um from you know external circumstances and I did what Michael B Beckwith said and I I was you know I'm getting to the stage now and you know I'm not there yet at all I'm still healing but you know I can spend more time in a room on my own and begin to love myself um and that's a great place to start um, and, and actually my um, my coaching program goes in line um, with the actual book in terms of basically helping and supporting people to to shift their paradigms, um, change those old um, those old beliefs that don't serve, which, you know, it, it is our perception that we, you know, we, we are perceived to um, be stuck. Um, and, and, you know, we're not necessarily, you know, it's about reframing that stuckness as well and saying, you know, I'm just, I'm just not living those programs anymore. I'm going to develop some new ones and, and see how these ones work out for me. So just like some simple things that people can do to help the momentum go in the right direction. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's kind of, you know, that's, that was the whole purpose and, you know, and the reason for, for writing the book um, that I could share um, share what helped me it wasn't so much about sharing really you know the kind of you know the coercive control but it was about spreading the awareness of it having the awareness but not being that sort of judgmental and you know I didn't want that to have 
that emphasis on the book at all. Um, I wanted to just be as open as I could in terms of raising awareness of it, because I think once we are aware and we're informed about something, we are in a much better place to make decisions and choices. Um, and, and once we can do that, um, we can begin to create the life um, that we truly want, the life that is actually ours to begin with. Absolutely. Gosh, that book sounds amazing. So when is it actually yes find it yeah so it yeah so it will be um it will be available on um amazon and kindle and um it will be out in um the first should be the first um the first sort of week in in august so yeah so not long not long yet so <laughs> that's the date which we're kind of you know working towards and just making sure that you know you kind of go through it and you know reading it through and it's in its last editing stages so um you know it's it's kind of you know how i wanted it to be and just making it kind of just reader friendly um you know in terms of certain different terms and concepts that are used so um so it's on its way there but yeah it will be available on amazon and kindle yeah we're looking yeah. at the beginning of august so yeah and by yeah. the time people are actually listening to this we yeah. will have all of in the show notes we will have a link of where to actually purchase Lisa's yeah. book. we will have all of that um information and also, um, Lise, could you just explain where people can find you or, you know, if they are wanting to actually work with you one-on-one -on -one as a coach yeah. and they're experiencing coercive control and they're really wanting to make change, where will they find yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically my, um, my website, so it will be um, Lise Really What, that's L-I-S and really R-E-A-L-L-Y what.com um, and literally on there you can download a free copy of my ebook um, and you can also there's calendly links on there you can book me for speaking um, events so everything is there on the website um, you know contact details everything um, but also I'm on all social media um, so you, if you literally just search Liz Hoyt you'll <laughs> you'll see a picture of me and uh, my brand logo um, and I'm on LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Facebook and also Twitter as well so yeah amazing and what we'll do is we'll have all of Lisa's um, details of where you can find her, her book, her, you know the, the programs that she um, offers will be sort of that'll be on her website yeah. and um, and we'll also have contact numbers if people are experiencing um, coercive or domestic and family violence and really to seek support and you know another thing I would probably encourage people is building their support network because sometimes when people are in coercive control relationship is they have um, not even probably realized but they have been isolated from those people in their life so they have actually become isolated so start connecting with people would be maybe another um suggestion too do you think that's also important Lise? yeah no absolutely you're just spot on um jennifer and do you know what the, the, you know a lot of the time when i when i do speak to um 
you know people I know speak to clients what happens is 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 they are they, they are very much isolated and 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 actually there's only sort of a few people that they do kind of communicate with and, and talk to um and actually that's the you know one of the reasons why I wrote the book and it was to spread awareness of somebody because you can't always see it when you're in it um and actually that can be quite detrimental as well so yeah definitely get you know and even if it's like joining a group or something Jennifer mm -hmm. do you know what I mean because that way you can start to hear about other people's stories and well and, and and hear about how other people um you know can perceive your um your situation especially if you if you are doing that and you're tapping into how you truly feel um then it's a really good place to start so yeah absolutely Jennifer I totally agree yeah oh, thank you so much um, so thank you again, Lise, for, um, for coming on tonight. I was, um, it's so important for us to 